Arizona Cardinals, Red Sea, rise up, Los Angeles Rams, let's go Ramley, Seattle Seahawks, let's go 12, get loud, San Francisco 49ers, home of the faithful, It's Quest for the West time, and I'm joined once again by uh, our favorite Arizona Cardinals personality, Evan from the He's on Fire podcast. Uh, Evan, man, how you doing after this uh, glorious bye week? It was so much fun just to watch everybody else beat up on each other, and I could just sit back, relax, <laughs> decorate the Christmas tree, and enjoy some coffee. It was wonderful. Stress, stress-free, I imagine, too, for you on the pod, because, you know, you guys are just covering, like, little bits of information and details, and I imagine it was more Suns and Arizona State than it was Cardinals this week. You know, unfortunately, we didn't get to go on. Everybody had family stuff. Uh, my family was kind of in some pro- COVID protocols as well, too, so we Ooh. were busy dealing with some sickies here at the house. So unfortunately, we didn't get to cover what I wanted to, but in the times that we live in nowadays, I hope my loyal, loyal fans could understand, but we'll be right back tomorrow night. Oh, awesome. Awesome. So everyone needs to make sure they're dialed in and tuned in. Make sure you, make sure you hop over there and give them some love. Hit that subscribe button over there, the He's on Fire podcast on YouTube. Um, they're doing some great stuff over there, partnered with the ASAP Sports Network as well. Um, you guys are literally on fire, Evan. I love all of it. Uh, speaking literally. of on fire, speaking of on fire, <clears throat> 49ers kind of on fire right now uh they have won three straight they've won four of their last five um everything is really coming up san francisco they're executing at a very high level they're beating teams they're supposed to beat um and they're running the football at a very very high clip which is making things a lot easier for jimmy um uh, the niners right now are, are playing really really well has the turnarounds shocked or surprised you at all with how quickly they've been able to kind of figure out their niche and their identity and and execute it the way they have I mean, honestly, I thought after the last Arizona loss, you guys, you know, you're one loss away from just completely throwing in the towel. And I think most 49ers fans probably felt that way, as you should. Fortunately for you guys, a guy by the name of Brandon Ayuk suddenly just, as I predicted, as I said right here, he will turn it around. He will turn it around in the second half, just like he's done the past four years of his collegiate and professional career. That has helped. Jimmy Garoppolo has actually looked like a a decent quarterback, and he is on the rise. And I'm not shocked because I think Shanahan is a great coach. I really do. You guys have some amazing talent. You have great defensive line play, and you have George Kittle. So it was only a matter of time, but the longer it didn't happen, the more I was shocked. Does that make sense? Yeah, 100%. 100%, because I I feel a lot of 49ers fans felt exactly what you were saying right now. Um, you know, the longer the struggles happened, the more 49ers fans are like, is this not the team that we thought this was? We thought it was a talented football team with a lot of great pieces and a great coaching staff. And none of those pieces are working the way they're supposed to. Coaches aren't able to get the players dialed in. So maybe we don't have the pieces that we thought we did. Um, it looks like it just took us took us a little bit longer to get going than the, than the fans are used to with this team. Uh, so, you know, listen, I'll take it. I'll take this team showing up and figuring out their identity um, and taking it to the the Minnesota Vikings, really slowing down that run game. Really unfortunate Dalvin Cook's injury. Thank God it's not a knee. 
um, ends up only being a dislocated shoulder. So they, they, him and the Vikings escape with a very, uh, what seemed like a very scary injury at the time. And I was convinced it was his knee based on how his knee kind of flopped up in space at the end of that run. Um, ends up just being a dislocated shoulder. So he's gonna miss a few weeks. Um, but it's, it couldn't come at a worse time for the Vikings who were sitting there at the seven seed and trying to fight off all the other teams uh, in the NFC right now, trying to fight for a playoff spot. All that gunk from about seven to 11. There's just, everybody's just <laughs> uh, stuffed in right there. And it seems like nobody wants to grab that last spot in the playoffs. And then out of nowhere, here comes San Fran and you guys are absolutely making a move. You, you guys did absolutely stuff Dalvin cook as well too. I mean, the dude was averaging just over three yards a carry in that game. Alexander Madison, Madison came in and I thought he was going to be able to do a couple more things. Granted, Kirk Cousins, you know, he's not the best of hey, quarterbacks. Every, everybody well, knows that. You mean to tell me that he lined up under the guard? Oh, my God, that was awesome to watch. <laughs> like, I'm so glad I wasn't a, seen, a Vikings fan. You, that was have incredible. You seen the meme? Have you seen the meme of the impractical jokers? Say, hey, Kirk, no. now go under center. It's hey, Kirk, now go under the guard and act like you're going to take the snap. And then it's Kirk Cousins underneath the guard, and then it's a panel of them all dying laughing. It's it's absolutely glorious. that was literally Willie Beeman. And if you guys don't know who Willie Beeman oh. is, I, I I can't help you. But do you, do you know what I'm talking about, Alex? Oh, 100 percent, man. Any yep. given Sunday, you know, you, I know yep. what's up. I know what's yep. up. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> so that was incredible to watch, just from a fan's perspective. Again, I'm just chilling with my coffee. I'm in jammies all day, and I don't have to worry about a damn thing. So that was fun to watch. Uh, I, I am curious about your thoughts on, I, I watched a couple streams since then. I watched the Sunday night stream, caught some during work today. Don't tell my boss, but Debo, Debo Samuel, what's going on? Debo Samuel is dealing with what looks to be a, a hamstring strain. Actually, technically, excuse me, groin strain. So it's a groin strain. Um, it's They're reporting it's very minor. Uh, Debo, essentially, on the play that he does it, he feels the, the groin start to tighten up. And rather than try and run it out with a you know with the worth of a 49ers worth the time on the field, he literally just slows himself down and goes down um, and gets off the field because he knows, mm -hmm. hey, this is not uh, it's not feeling too great. Um, so they said it's very minor strain. They're thinking a max of two weeks, but most likely, hopefully, just this week against Seattle. Um, but they're going to be cautious. You can't have him miss any extended amount of time. So if the 49ers feel like two weeks guarantees they have him the rest of the year. I wouldn't be shocked if you see Debo out for two weeks. And how does that set up for your offense then? Because he was it, <laughs> it, it for it a large stretch a of, of your season. It changes a lot of things. So first and foremost, what it does change is teams now don't have to worry about the dual threat aspect of Debo Samuel. So when he's lined up in the backfield, is he a runner or is he a, is he a pass catcher? Um, are you going to motion him out and use him in bubble screens? Or are you going to keep him in and hand him the football? Um, you know, are you going to use him for play actions and then come back to him on screens? It takes out that div that diversity, those diverse packages with him and Elijah Mitchell in the backfield. Um, but what it does do now is put all the onus on Brandon Ayuk. Uh, Brandon Ayuk now has to be the guy, the guy that we drafted him to be, uh, the number one wide receiver. The guy who can beat bracket coverage, the guy who can beat double coverage, the guy who when they put their best corner on you and single you up, you win. Um, and it also means that uh, George Kittle, welcome welcome to the game plan, like heavy amounts of the game plan, like what we saw a few years ago in 2019, uh, because George Kittle now is going to have to do more than just be a run blocker. He's going to have to be a pass catcher, which means uh, uh, Charlie Warner and Ross Dwelly are both now going to have to elevate and step up because if George Kittle's having to go out and 
go into routes now more often, then you're not going to be able to max protect with Kittle back there. You need him out in space as a receiving option, which means Charlie Warner and Ross Dwelly need to step up. And that is at times a scary proposition because I've seen Ross Dwelly whiff on blocks and Jimmy Garoppolo get smacked from behind and then go down with injuries. So <laughs> not always the greatest thing in the world. Um, but the, the good news is that it, it shouldn't affect the run game because Elijah Mitchell has been playing absolutely phenomenal. And each and every week that Elijah Mitchell has been playing great and you haven't had to rely on Jeff Wilson Jr. to run the football, Jeff Wilson is able to get himself that much closer to being 100% and healthy. So I, I like where the 49ers are at with the run game. It does to have an impact in the pass game. But Jawan Jennings has been stepping up. Um, we'll see what happens. Trent Shurfield is now definitely going to get his time to, to shine and, and roll in this offense now. So we'll see, uh, we'll see how... Uh, how his impact is on the field with Debo out, if it uh, is able to offset anything at all. Yeah, absolutely. And it looks like uh, Jermichael Hasty is questionable right now. Maurice Hurst is questionable. Uh, Devin Funches is out. <clears throat> he went to IR today, man. He went to the practice squad IR. I mean, could, couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe it. With Debo going down, we both said on the, the Monday show, that, hey, you know, there's a chance now that Devin Funches is this is that would be a huge signing. Like the, him now, he probably has a chance to get activated and put on the roster. And then a day later, uh, practice squad IR. So, and we're waiting to hear on Maurice Hurst. There's been really no news or no information. Um, but I want to get your take on what the heck is going on in Seattle. Because the Seahawks <clears throat> were, were, everyone was thinking, they, they had their bye week. They were going to come out of their bye. You're going to get Russ back. All the reports coming out were the, was that Russ was ahead of schedule. Their fingers looking great. He's doing, he's doing well. He comes back that first game against Green Bay, and they put up a, a zero burger and have really done nothing offensively and russ is not accurate russ doesn't look comfortable we um, beat them too yep yeah you guys beat them after green bay correct correct and then they lose monday night yesterday to uh, the washington football team um the season is pretty much all but all but done for seattle at this point um is this the end is this the end of the russell wilson Carroll era you think so Absol absolutely without question they should have gotten rid of russell wilson while he still had higher value in the offseason. Let's just start there. He should have been gone beforehand. He wanted to be out. Pete Carroll talked him into it. And the illustrious career of Pete Carroll is probably going to come to an end as well, too, because why do you want to go through a rebuild with a 70-year-old coach? And I'm not trying to be ageism or anything like that. I'm just saying this is what it is in the NFL, and that's what happens. You're not going to want to go through a rebuild. I mean, how long is a rebuild in the NFL? two, three years. Uh, they don't even have their first round pick. I, I haven't looked past this year, but the Jets own that. Right now, the Jets have what, the fourth and fifth good. pick? Yeah, yeah it's, it's, not, it's not good for the Seahawks right now. No, you have, you spend all of that money and equity in a guy like Jamal Adams, who's one of the worst cover safeties. You never, ever do anything to address that poorish offensive line since, what, 2012, 13, whenever that was? Yeah, about that time. Well, what did you expect? They got lucky with DK. Could you imagine if they didn't pick DK? Oh. Like how horrible would they have been the last few years without him? Uh, uh, Lockett, everybody knew Lockett out of K-State was going to be a rocket. You know, everybody knew what he was. He, he, the dude was on fire in college. One of my favorite players to watch goes to Seattle. He covered up so many holes for them, much like Russell Wilson did. Wilson covered up every little 
thing that was wrong with Seattle the past few years, even from a defensive standpoint, just being able to get drives going down the field and get your defense off and rest and go and score. Okay. Now you're only down three. The defense is pumped up. Now, you know, you have the 12th man behind you. He did absolutely everything for them. And, you know, Carson being out almost the whole year doesn't help anything. Obviously you guys know all about running backs, not being able to play and how much that really affects you but they just haven't done anything to build for their future much like another team that we have in this uh division and the rams and you know if they don't win this year or next year what are they going to look like too you know Holy, so i mean yeah Oof. this is Oof. this is it for seattle i mean this is it can you can you envision any star player in, not star let's say impact player wanting to go to seattle if this team stays here just like as is like no you're not going to want to go there and russell no. wilson wants out anyways so this is it and nobody on this podcast except for sam is going to be sad about it no one that's true I, I know i won't be i know sam will definitely will be and yeah no there's not a single person there's not a single person watching right now other than maybe some seattle seahawks fans who are going to be upset about that um, and we yeah, appreciate those listening so thank you 100 <laughs> definitely appreciate all of you guys listening out there but yeah, as, as 49er fan, as a Cardinals fan in yourself, um, Seattle has tormented the NFC West for a long time. Um, all good things come and, to an end at some point, and this, this is looking like it's going to be that time. And let's talk about kind of their cocky nature back in the day as well, too, right? They had the a Legion swag about boom. them. Yes. The Legion of yeah. Boom. I mean, look, I understand that. If you're going to be the biggest, baddest defense, you're going to go out there and you're going to be that defense. I get it. That's fine. But let's not forget all the BS that they pulled during that run against every team. Let's not forget all the fans talking smack and whatever Reddit stream that you want to talk about, Twitter, Facebook, whatever channel it is. <laughs> We're not going to forget that either. There is absolutely zero, zero love loss when Seattle finally fails, which they are this year, and they don't even get a first round pick. That's that's, that's the game you that's the game you play when you sign a guy like jamal adams or trade for him excuse me when you when you go all in and when you're when you bet the farm on on what you have like this um and like seattle has done and like the rams have done i mean let's not forget all of the moves they've given they've made all of the capital that they've given up they've been trying to buy themselves a football team since sean McVay went there it's it's really is a, a tale of, yep. of two different a lot of different organizations in in the nfc west um you know, the, the Seahawks have done a really good job of drafting, but they've also done a really good job of signing free agents and making big trades and bringing guys in to sure things up. Um, the Cardinals have been a team since Cliff Kingsbury's got there that's done a really good job of, of drafting certain types of players and then also going out and trading, not the farm, not giving up the farm, but trading little bits Low and pieces and to try picks. and... Exactly. Get get themselves and bolster bolster their lineup and bolster their roster. You gave up a second for DeAndre Hopkins. I still don't know how that happened, but hey, you did it. Um, you know, you go out and sign JJ Watt in the offseason. So you guys have done uh, things. Si uh, traded a second round pick for Chandler Jones, by the way. That's all traded true. a traded a fifth traded a fifth round pick for Kenyon Drake X amount of years back when we played you guys mm -hmm. on the Halloween Thursday night game. Um, yeah, uh Zach with the most, mostly recently as well, too. Yeah, I mean, so you guys have but you guys have never picks. really you don't give up the farm. You're not giving up the no. farm. You're making and you're making impactful moves without having to sacrifice a lot of your future in order and to And a lot of one-year contracts, a lot of prove it deals, and that's worked mm -hmm. to success too. Absolutely. And the Niners have done very similar things. Um when they have made trades, it hasn't been the big marquee huge trade. It's, you know, 
giving up a, a fifth or fourth round pick for Emmanuel Sanders on a one-year deal. Um, you know, this this offseason, all the one-year contracts they gave to the D-line. A lot of stuff like that. So very similar ideologies from both coaches, and it's worked out well. I mean, it worked out well for the Niners in 2019. The Niners are figuring it out now. And the Cardinals, uh, eat, you know, you have to go back to even last year. Last year, you guys started out red hot and then fell apart, but there were the signs of a, of a dominant team back then, even last year, um, and you made more moves to bolster up. So that way, if you guys found that that niche and that groove and that that mold that you found yourself in now, that you could make the run that you're making right now, sitting at nine and two atop the NFC, you know, the number one seed outright. Um, you guys have done all the things and made the moves in order to be that team without having to sacrifice too much of your future. It's like having the best of both worlds, the best and, that you possibly can. <laughs> and how could I forget a third round pick for Rodney Hudson? Ah, that's right. For the uh, Raiders. Yes. Well, yeah. One of, one of the best, if not the best uh, blocking centers in the league from a, from a pass blocking standpoint. So, and, and we're extending guys too on the line. We're trying to go yeah. out and get and get a JJ Watt on a cheaper two-year deal. We're trying to go out and get Rodney Hudson on a five-year deal. That's not going to blow up the salary cap. You know, we're doing a lot on the defensive line as well, too. A lot of guys have been injured, but we brought in three rookies two years ago and in Zach Allen, Richard Lawrence, and Lecky Fotu, and all of them are making an absolute impact to the point where Zach Allen is being called baby JJ Watt. So <laughs> So they're doing things on the lines. Well. Yeah, believe, believe it or not, I still believe football is one of the lines, period. And, and end of conversation. Defensive line, offensive line. That's why I thought San Francisco was going to be so daunting this year. I mean, I mean, no offense, no pun intended, because you guys had an amazing defensive line however many years it's been. And football has won that way in the trenches. And the Cardinals have been able to get players, get young players, get the one-year players, get the prove-it players and make some smart financial trades and then still have cap room to be able to go out and sign D hop to an extended deal and do things like that. So it's not just like a one year thing. And I'm not sure why the Rams think that's going to work two, three years down the road. Yeah. It worked for Jalen Ramsey. Nobody, nobody's going to say that, right. It, it worked with Jalen Ramsey. Sure. Absolutely. But some of these other, I, I knew Von Miller and OBJ wasn't going to work. I just had that feeling. It, and it is, I mean, let's talk, I mean, let's talk about it. Let's get into this exactly what Please. has happened because since the trade, it has been an absolute implosion, a 28, 16 loss to the Titans at, at home, um, a, a 31 to 10 loss to the 49ers in prime time, a 36, 28 loss to the Packers. I guess the only good news, they've lost three straight since all the acquisitions. They add have the star suited <laughs> lineup. Jalen Ramsey is, is going into pressers and talking about how this team is too talented to be losing these games like this. And we need to figure it ourselves out. We need to correct this. Um, the only good news for the Rams is you got the Jaguars this week at home. There's that. They have, let's see. One, one, one. They have one win. Are the Colts over 500 right now? Do you know off the top of your head? Uh, top of or my are head, they 500? They're exactly 500. I think they're six and six. Okay. So they're six and six. The Rams yep. have one win, and that's against the Bucks in week three against a team that is over 500. Their other wins consist of the Colts, six and six, the Bears, not any good, Seahawks, Giants, Lions, Texans. This is a, a fraudulent team, y'all. This is a very fraudulent Ooh, team. The spice. And, I love it. But remember, I came on your first show and I was like, this is the team I'm scared of the most, too. So go figure. 
I mean, it, but it is, it's one of those things, right? You, you know, the names, you know, the pieces, um, you know, you know, the weapons, and then you add into the mix, Matt Stafford. And it's like, how could it not explode? How is this not a powder keg of, of an arsenal offensively with enough pieces and, and, you know, destructive pieces on defense, whether that's Fo Floyd, whether that's Jalen Ramsey, whether it's Aaron Donald on defense, that they're not just going to wreak havoc whenever they feel like it. That that's what it feels that's like with this is. team. That's what it, it is, is that they feel like they can do it whenever they want to, but they and can't. they're not. Yeah. They can't flip you, it on. No, you have to leave that switch on and, and they're going to, they're going to try. I mean, here's the good news. You got the Jaguars this weekend. Um, this is a team that definitely has a lot of holes, definitely has a lot of issues and problems. Um, now Jacksonville has shown that they can beat some quality teams and, and play tight with some teams, but they also have completely, completely fall apart, especially when teams have a, a good run game. That's been a weakness for the Rams. Um, we'll see what happens if they get themselves moving and going next week's game against you guys on Monday night football is going to be a very interesting one because the Rams can't afford to lose to the Cardinals again. I mean, it was an embarrassing performance the first time. Now you're traveling to the Arizona Cardinals. Um, and you know, I, I don't expect the Cardinals to lose this week, which means you have to get a win there to even have us uh, have a chance in, in heck to be able to say, Hey, we can still walk away with the NFC West crown. Cause if they don't, and they drop two games back. There's no hope. The thing that I'm worried about most is that revenge factor when it comes to that game, because everybody that's listening to the podcast has played sports at one point or another, and you get your ass kicked one time you, you want to go back and you want to prove yourself, right? Everybody has that little chip on their shoulder whenever they lose a game of monopoly or whatever it may be. So <laughs> don't lose sight of that. If you're the Cardinals, don't lose sight of that, that they're going to come out. They're going to give you everything they have. But this is also the Cardinals time to shine on Monday Night Football because I don't know how many power rankings you look at. There's a few that have the Cardinals up there. Everyone else is talking about the Packers and the Patriots and all these other teams. Meanwhile, we're sitting here, which we thought was arguably the best division in football. Turns out it still could be, but it's not as daunting as we thought, unfortunately, for all of our sakes. True. But we have our own ship on our shoulder, too. So this is our time to go out on a Monday night football, go out and get that win against the Rams. But first, I mean, we got to go to the Windy City first, you know. We got to do the 11 a.m. start time, and we got to deal with the Red Rocket up there and Andy Dalton, too. You know, how are you, th feeling, how are you feeling about that game? I I think it's a get-right game for the Cardinals. And what I, what I mean get-right, I'm hoping D-Hop and Kyler Murray both play. Everything that we've read today and that I've heard, that everybody's hopeful that all these dudes are coming back. We're starting to get healthy. After this week, Chase Edmonds is available to come off the IR. So we have Justin Pugh and Max Garcia are interior guards coming back, which is a great sign. So this is one of those, I think it's going to be a little iffy to start out just because all these new pieces are coming back in and you got to get on the same page again but i think overall we're going to be able to win this game and hopefully put in colt mccoy in like the fourth quarter or something and not let kyler murray do anything unnecessary at that point i'm feeling good about it i'm feeling confident as we should be it is the bears they have are doing nothing but awful things right now unfortunately but any given sunday you never know it's very true uh it, it really is um you know, the Cardinals have themselves a, I wouldn't say it's not an, in an easy schedule, but it's also not a hard schedule. You guys got the bears, you got the Rams. It's a left. favorable schedule. Absolutely. Favorable is the best way to put it. Cause you got the lions two in Detroit. Uh, and then you play a Colts team that's been up and down, but has played a lot better recently. 
Uh, and then the Cowboys, um, you know, a game that at the end of the season, everyone was kind of looking at with how the Cowboys started off and was being like, oh, that's going to be a, that is going to be a shootout and a, and a showdown. Uh, but the way the Cowboys have been playing right now, they're just trying to hold on to the NFC. They're just trying to hold on to the lead there in the NFC East. So we're going to see what happens with that. Um, and then you guys finish out with the Seahawks, who by that point may be a shell, uh, a complete shell of themselves. By the time you get to that point of the season, that, that'll be a Colt McCoy special for sure. I would imagine. I would imagine so, especially with some of the injuries you guys have had at the positions you have. You guys want to be healthy going into playoffs, so that won't be uh, won't be a shock to me at all. And the Rams are the, a team that has a very interesting schedule as well because they have a lot of NFC yeah. West games still to play. Uh, they have you guys, the Cardinals, uh, not this upcoming week, but the next week. Then they play Seattle. After that, they have the Vikings, who are going to be, you know, at that point, really in the thick of the playoff picture. The Ravens, who are, you know, still eight and three somehow, some way, despite the roller coaster of a season that they're having and then they're going to finish off the year with the san francisco 49ers which is a game that could be for the fifth seed overall so a very big contest a very very big contest across the board for the rams a very tough schedule uh going forward um but yeah i mean the nfc west man it, it went from uh it went from a, a complete uh cluster at the beginning of the season to a, it was looking like it was going to be a runaway to you know, being a little bit tighter, but I think right now the 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 you guys, the Cardinals, I think the Arizona Cardinals have a very comfortable grasp on this, um, and you're really you're really just a few games away of taking care of business um, from basically solidifying yourselves not only as the NFC West winner but potentially the one seed because I don't think um, the rest of those teams, whether it's the Packers, whether it's the Bucks, uh, whether it's the Rams, um, even the Niners, they haven't been consistent enough throughout the year to really be a threat right now. So as long as Arizona stays healthy, I think you guys have a, a really good shot at, at sealing up this one seed here, maybe in the next few weeks. This is what Arizona wants. They do not want to have to go to Lambeau Field at the end of January, right? They do not want to do that. They want that by a week. They want to get healthy again. You know, I'm a proponent of just playing all the games full strength as healthy as you can and let, you know, everything else play out. You win, you win, you lose, you lose. Don't win or lose based on matchups or anything like that. Don't do anything like that. They, they want that bye week. They want that number one seed. I think they're going to come out and, and they're going to show it. And I have a lot of confidence now throughout this whole time with quest for the West, you know, that I have been very, let's pump the brakes on the Cardinals, right? Yes. The the whole time I've been like that. The mantra going around, and there's t-shirts made out of it and everything. Now, after we beat the Browns, <laughs> J.J. Watt is on the sideline. Remember, that was a game when we had COVID protocols, no head coach, uh, lost like half of our offensive line. There was all these things going on against the Browns. We're picked to lose. We come out and just obliterate them. We stomped the life out of them, and they have been a shell of their self since we've played them, much like the Rams. The saying is maybe we're just effing better. JJ Watt is going up and down. Nobody picked us in talking to all the players. Nobody picked us for this. They didn't do us for this. And they're saying maybe we're just effing better. And ever since that has come out and, you know, everybody's hashtagging it on the team when they're tweeting or Instagram or something like that, it's just invigorated the whole culture in Arizona. And everybody is behind this team now. And you know what? Don't pick us. We don't want your support, but we're just effing better. And I love the mantra behind that. I love what they're doing. I'm a big believer in them now, but one game at a time, man. Just handle the bears. 
that's all you can do, man. That that really truly is. That's the way you have to approach it. And you know, you know, a guy like JJ Watt, who's made playoff runs before, DeAndre Hopkins, who's made playoff runs before with Houston, um, they know that. They know, you know, it's one game at a time right now. All you can focus on and all you can worry about is the opponent in front of you. Because if you don't, uh, you get up big like they did against the uh, against the Kansas City Chiefs, and the Kansas City Chiefs come story back. So you can only handle the opponent that's in front of you. Focus on that. Execute. Do the best you can. And then, you know, move on to the next one after you take care of business. But it's all about taking care of business. Uh, the Cardinals have that mindset at 9-2. and two. The Niners right now have started to find that mindset at 6-5, and five, which is great. Because uh, I'll tell you what, man, it's miserable. It's miserable being a 49ers <laughs> fan when the 49ers are terrible because this fan base turns so fast sometimes. But right now, everything's moving well. Everything's clicking well for the 49ers. Things are looking great and getting much better for the Cardinals, who are getting healthier and healthier. And our uh, two compatriots there, the 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 Rams down there and the Seahawks across the way, uh, not so much the case. They are definitely reeling right now, and uh, they're going to try and find a way to to climb climb this back together and salvage the second half of the season because this could be both of these teams. If things don't go well for both of these teams, they could be very, very different-looking teams next season mm -hmm. because not a lot of cap space for either, not a lot of draft picks for either, and a lot of tough choices to make, to be made. Real, real quick, going to next week's game for you guys against uh, Seattle, do you see mm -hmm. any multiverse where you guys lose to Seattle? 100% because there's no Fred Warner and no Debo Samuel, uh, and potentially no Dre Greenlaw. I mean, we're talking about a, a situation where the Niners roll with Aziz Alshair and Demetrius Flanagan Foles. I can't believe I'm saying that at linebacker. Um, and, and, you know, Demetrius Flanagan Foles has been a, a big question mark um, on, on all 22 films. It hasn't looked pretty. Uh, I'm, we're going to be watching the all 22 film after this from this last game and seeing him in there and, and watching him play because PFF graded him at like an 80, an 82 or something in this game and like 14 snaps. So we're looking forward to seeing what Demetrius looked like and, you know, should we be worried or should we not be? Um, but that being said, if there was one week where you could get away with it, maybe not having the linebacker fits that you normally would have, not maybe having the coverage, it's this one, a Russell Wilson, who's been completely inaccurate and uncomfortable in the pocket, a D line that's playing some of its best football and Charles and Menahue, the trade, um, is stepping up in a big way now and having huge games and huge opportunities. Uh, your linebacker, your not your linebackers, but your corners playing a, a much better in the secondary, as well as Talano Hufanga. Now being the defensive coordinator, D'Amico Ryan's being comfortable enough with him now to throw him out on the field as a third safety, have him cover deep third or even just cover one and roll Jaquiski Tart and Jimmy Ward underneath in man coverage. I mean, we're, we're doing some crazy things defensively right now, rolling with three safeties on the field in, in coverage situations um, and going nickel package essentially. So you have essentially what is almost six DBs out there. It's, it's kind of nuts. But it's working. Um, and so when you can do those types of things um, and you don't have to worry about the run game potentially because no Chris Carson, Alex Collins is hit or miss right now for, for the Seattle Seahawks. Um, you know, if there's a week and get away with it, it's this week. But it's this game is going to be way tighter than it should be because of the injuries. Wow. Interesting. See, from the outside looking in, I just look at this as an absolute dub, right? I like it. That's, I like that you, I like that you feel that way. I see Brandon Ayuk kind of taking up a little Debo Samuel, going into the backfield a little bit, probably doing a few things like that. Uh, Kyle Juszczyk, uh mark it down. He's going to get five receptions this game. And oh, then, like you, then you bring in Kittle for, what, 8, 9, 10, 11 receptions. And all of a sudden, you're going to pass one or two times down to Trent Sherfield. He's going to get one or two. And all of a sudden, you don't miss – I mean, you miss Debo, but you don't miss him because you're able to spread it out and do different things. So – 
I just, I, I don't see one. I don't see one, especially the way Seattle is and is not playing in their, their body language, how everything went over the offseason. I just don't see it. I don't see it. So I could be wrong. I've been wrong before, but this week I feel very confident with you guys. If I was a better, hey, I would definitely pick you guys. I don't want you to be wrong at all. If it's, if it's over <laughs> by halftime, man, I will be the happiest. We will be the happiest podcast in all of the land because it's one less thing to worry about. And now you get to enjoy the rest of the football game, right? Sip on some Mai Tais and uh, snack yep. on some, some delicious food. And you guys, okay, cool. You guys play in the after. We play the early game. You guys play afternoon game. So after we get done with our win, we can uh, enjoy some of that. Exactly, you get to enjoy some of that matchup. No, this is going to be a blast this week. Uh, th- this week thirteen is is going to be chock full of everything. I mean, really everything. A lot of storylines to play out. Cardinals looking to secure and hold on to that one seed and and put a stranglehold in the rest of the NFC West. And the Niners looking to keep their winning streak going, putting their winning streak to four, move the Seahawks to four losses. Um, and the Rams are going to be trying to bounce back and get back, get another one in the win column and keep pace with the Arizona Cardinals. Because if they don't, they're going to put themselves into a position where uh, they're going to be with the rest of the NFC competing for those bottom playoff spots. And the Rams, uh, who would have thought that after the start to the season they had, that we could be saying the Rams are a loss away from competing with the rest of the NFC for a sixth or a seventh seed. Nuts, man. I got, I got nothing for you. Uh, the more <laughs> I think I know, the more I know I don't know. <laughs> absolutely hey, i feel you there evan it's always a pleasure having you on man let everyone know where they can find you at coach evan b on twitter or at he's on fire podcast on twitter as well too we're very active on there so come follow us and join all the bad takes and then on youtube uh apple podcast spotify all that fun stuff just search he's on fire podcast or asap sports network we're there too always fun man Go check them out. Give them some love. We'll see you for next week for Quest of the West. My guy, Cutback Crew. Stay tuned. Go Cardinals.